If you'll grab your text, your Bibles this morning, we're going to be looking at a passage from Acts chapter 18 and also a couple of verses from Romans chapter 12. You can find that in your pew Bible in front of you, page 1011, and then a few pages over at 1034. Again, Acts chapter 18, beginning in verse 5. And if you're able, will you stand with me in honor of God's word? When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with proclaiming the word, testifying to the Jews that the Messiah was Jesus. When they opposed and reviled him in protest, he shook the dust from his clothes and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. Then he left the synagogue and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the official of the synagogue, became a believer in the Lord, together with all of his household. And many of the Corinthians who heard Paul became believers and were baptized. One night the Lord said to Paul in a vision, Do not be afraid, but speak and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you to harm you, For there are many in the city who are my people. And he stayed there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. And from Romans, chapter 12, verses 11 and 12. Do not lack in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Survivor is just not a reality television show on TV. Most of us today feel like we're trying to survive in one way or another. And to be honest, a lot of us probably feel like we're failing at it. One of my favorite Christian bloggers, Jen Hatmaker, tapped into this feeling a few years ago when she wrote a blog post about being the worst end-of-school mom ever. And I want to share a little portion of that blog with you this morning. She wrote it in late April, near the end of a school year. We are limping. Limping across the finish line, folks. I tapped out somewhere in April, and at this point, it's a miracle my kids are even going to school. I haven't checked homework folders in three weeks because, well, I just can't. I cannot. I can not. I can't look at the homework in the folder. Is there homework in the folder? I don't even know. Are other moms looking at homework in the folder? I don't even care. I feel like any sort of school energy required at this point is pure oppression, like the universe is trying to destroy me. I'm so tired, and I have five kids, and that is just too many to educate well. I can only handle around two, so I'm going with Sydney and Caleb because they both like to read. And the other three are just going to have to enroll in life skills class one day and develop a trade. We were awesome back in October. Don't you forget that. We used to care, and that counts for something. Her blog post went viral. She ended up on Good Morning America and a bunch of other things that happened as a result of this little blog post that I imagine was written late at night 
in the throes of exhaustion and surrender. I think it happened because it resonated with millions who, just like us, were limping, exhausted, and feeling discouraged, trying to survive. You know, we're not only trying to survive in our daily life as we balance work and family and obligations, but a lot of us are trying to survive spiritually. And that can go hand in hand. It could be a result of all the business in our life, but they don't have to be. Sometimes, even when everything is going really well in our life, we can feel like we're just surviving spiritually. And that's one of the reasons why we've been spending the last three weeks looking at overcoming spiritual burnout. There is a sense that a lot of us are going through the motions in our relationship with God and with others and in kingdom service. And like the video just showed us, we feel the pressure and guilt of failing to do the things we feel Christians ought to do and not having the heart that we used to. The guilt grows, the pressure builds, and the chasm between us and God seems to get wider and wider. And honestly, nothing is more exhausting than going through the motions. We weren't created to just survive. Life is not meant to just go through the motions. A survived life is not an abundant life. We were created to thrive. The Apostle Paul understood survival very literally. After surrendering his life to Jesus and devoting himself to preaching and proclaiming that Jesus was the promised one, Paul faced countless trials and abuse and persecution, threats even against his very life. And in our text this morning, we find Paul yet again in a local synagogue, speaking and proclaiming Jesus as the long-awaited promised one. And yet again, he's met with opposition and abuse from some of the Jews. And at first they listen politely, but then as the message becomes clearer, some get angry with the message. Some believe, but many reject and react. And once these Jews began to ignore and reject the message and became abusive, Paul knew it was time to move on to the Gentiles, the ones outside the Jewish tradition. Now, here in Acts 18, Paul sounds really tough. And when you first read verse 6, especially in the message paraphrase, I don't know about you, but I kind of feel vindicated. So Paul, this devoted, passionate follower of Jesus, Paul, the one who wins every Bible drill, Paul, who's not missing a single foiled star on his Sunday school chart, this Paul loses it. And in verse 6, he says, totally exasperated, Paul had finally had it with him and gave it up as a bad job. I'm going to be honest, I love that last phrase a lot. And when I read it, I laugh. Gave it up as a bad job. Have you ever gotten exasperated at your faith or trying to make a difference? Ever had it with others who argue all the time and seem to suck the joy out of everything? I mean, there are some of us who make lemons seem sweet. Ever wanted to just give up on a relationship or a ministry or task and just chalk it up as a bad job. We've all felt to some degree what Paul was feeling, and we've all wanted to say and do what Paul said and did, but it can feel wrong. It feels like we're failing when we give up on anything, 
It feels like we're disappointing others when we walk away. So we continue doing what we've always been doing, even though it isn't working, because we've surrendered to our circumstances rather than surrendering to God. A few years ago, one of our mission trips to the Dominican Republic, our team was tasked with helping to build a medical clinic, the clinic that would be named after our own Dr. Lori Feeler. And it was hot, Dominican Republic hot, and the ground was hard. And our job that first day was to pickaxe the ground, breaking up the rock, and removing it. And that first day, our little team was getting pretty discouraged because we weren't making much progress at all. And I know we were all thinking there's no way we were going to accomplish the purpose of our trip. We started the second day a little burnt out, some of us literally because of the sun, and in about every other way. But we continued to plow ahead. At one point, we were down to just a couple of team members plugging away when one of the Dominican men from the community jumped into the trench by Dale Feeler, tapped him on the shoulder, and gave him a thumbs-out motion. I've served with Dale on a lot of trips, and that has never happened, and it never happened again. But that man, he jumped in there, and he showed us how to do that work in the Dominican Republic. And pretty soon, other community members joined in, and began working alongside him and us, teaching us how to do that job the best there. And even though the work was still really difficult, it kind of revived us as a team. We had more energy and more joy working with them than alone. And by the end of the week, we not only saw major progress on the clinic, but we had more importantly built some great relationships. Probably the best thing that came out of that experience was seeing the community members invest themselves in this clinic that God is still using to bring health to that community. God had bigger plans for that trip, as long as we were committed to his purpose rather than our process. And I'm thankful for a young Dominican man who taught us that lesson. In her book, Breaking Busy, Allie Worthington talks a lot about editing our lives That God sometimes calls us to quit things, even good things, in order to exchange them for his plan, which is better. And sometimes obedience to God requires some edits. Webster's Dictionary defines the action of editing as to alter, adapt, or refine, especially to bring about conformity to a standard or to suit a particular purpose. We altered our plans in the Dominican in order to conform to God's purpose and his plan. Sometimes edits are necessary, and sometimes edits are not by choice. Sometimes edits surprise us in life, and they look like failures to us and to the world around us. A job changes. A relationship ends. A child strays. A dream dies. A group of people whom you love refuse to hear the message of Jesus and persecute you. It can look like a dead end to us and to others. But God doesn't see dead ends. God is still at work. And when circumstances force us to depend on God more than ourselves or others, we're actually going in the right direction. Paul made some major edits in order to stay true to the greater purpose God had given him, which was to proclaim Christ to both the Jews and the Gentiles. 
And when circumstances would not allow him to stay faithful to that purpose, Paul didn't surrender to the circumstances. He surrendered to God and made the necessary edits. And God led him next door, literally. And many became believers and were baptized. I think that when we're surviving, it means we've usually surrendered to our circumstances. And I think when we're thriving, it usually means we've surrendered to God and trusted him above our circumstances. And most of us have surrendered, but have we surrendered to the right thing? How do we move from surviving to thriving? I think we can find some wisdom from the vision that the Lord brings to Paul in verses 9 and 10. It reads, Do not be afraid, but speak and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you to harm you. For there are many in this city who are my people. I think the first big lesson there is don't be afraid. Speak. And do not be silent. I don't know about you, but I always think of Paul as this really tough guy. Like leather hands, you know, rough beard, and not afraid of anything. But in verse 9, God tells Paul, don't be afraid. And I'm betting God wasn't confused. He didn't misread Paul's feelings. He knew Paul was experiencing fear at the edits that were going on in his life. We also know this because Paul wrote in the beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter 2... Later on, he writes back to the church and he says, I was unsure of how to go about this and felt totally inadequate. I was scared to death if you went to the truth of it. And perhaps Paul was fearful and trembling because of the trials he was facing with the Jews in Corinth. Maybe he felt like in many other of his trips that he would be persecuted and threatened with his life and run out of town. Perhaps he was experiencing anxiety from disappointing people or the fact that the people that he loved refused to hear what he had to say. Whatever the reason, Paul was experiencing fear, and that fear had the potential to silence him. And the Lord knew he needed reassurance. In the movie Selma, there's a powerful scene that captures a a moment, a quiet, private moment of reassurance by telephone. Late at night, feeling discouraged about the fear and what might happen in Selma, Martin Luther King Jr. calls up gospel singer Mahalia Jackson and says this to her, I need to hear a word from the Lord. So the woman begins to sing softly the classic hymn, Take My Hand, Precious Lord, one of King's favorite hymns. And this is the first verse of that song. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on and let me stand. I'm tired. I'm weak. I'm lone. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord. Lead me home. In that moment when Martin Luther King was facing tremendous fear and exhaustion, and as he tried to stay true to the Lord... He needed to hear, be reminded not to be afraid, and not to be silent. In the night, when Paul was facing tremendous fear and exhaustion, and trying to stay true to the Lord, he needed to hear a word, and be reminded, don't be afraid, and do not be silent. 
And when we experience moments of exhaustion and fear, and we need to stay true to the Lord, we need to be reminded, do not fear and do not be silent. The second thing I think that encourages me out of the, the Paul's vision from the Lord is to allow God to continue to work in you and through you. The Jews as a whole rejected Paul and his preaching, but there were a number of Jews who did believe and were saved. Titius Justus, the man from whom house Paul continued to minister, was a God-fearer who came to faith. And even Crispus, the former leader of the synagogue, believed along with his household. So Paul's ministry among the Jews at Corinth was not without its fruit, but there was even more fruit to come after the edits were made, and most of that fruit came among the Gentiles. God provided the next step for Paul, literally next door. And God provides the next step for us in unexpected places that in many ways can be next door from where we are right now. Jen Hatmaker had no idea her little blog post would lead to thousands following her blog, to many speaking engagements, and to a television show on HGTV called My Big Family Renovation, where millions get to see their family in all their mess and in all the grace of Jesus. God works in surprising ways. And God can take what looks to us as failure and bring new life out of those circumstances. Do not be afraid and do not be silent. God is with us, working in us and through us. Right after verse 9 and 10, where Paul receives the powerful vision from the Lord in the night, he wakes up to a new day in verse 11 with fresh energy. The message paraphrase, verse 11, begins this way. That was all he needed to stick it out. Some translations begin verse 11 with the word, so. So having heard from the Lord to not fear and not be silent. So having heard from the Lord that he was with him and that he was working in his life and ahead of him, Paul continued. He stuck it out. He surrendered to God again and with fresh energy served the Lord. Don't lose heart and don't surrender to circumstances, church. Do not fear and do not be silent, church. Remember who God is and that he will do what he says he will do. Have courage, surrender to him, and live with renewed energy in your service. Will you bow your heads this morning? We always like to carve out time just to process and to think, to listen to the Spirit, to listen to the truth of Scripture, and how it impacts our life. And perhaps through this whole series, as we've talked about overcoming spiritual burnout, it's resonated with you when you've realized you're exhausted and tired in, in many different ways, and maybe one of those is spiritually. But I promise you this morning that our God is not a God who wants to burden us and exhaust us. He's not a God who called us to just survive. He's a God who calls us to thrive. And it requires surrendering to him and trusting him above any circumstance we find ourselves in. So this morning, if we can encourage you through that by coming forward and praying with you, if you want to pray to the Lord at your seat, he listens. And he's present. 
Some of us will be here at the front. If you're looking for a church home to be a part of, to serve, we'd love for you to be a part of this church family as well. God, we thank you for the promise of your word, that we'd have nothing to fear, that you are with us, that you are working in us and ahead of us. Father, we count it a great privilege to be loved by you and to love you in return. Strengthen us for your service and the work you have. In your name we pray, amen.